to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome everybody, this is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 139, hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. Where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas, grab a globe, spin it around, boom! Hopefully you're in Texas, and if you are, find the southeast corner, and that is Houston, H-Town. Go to the southwest side of Houston, and you'll be in Sugarland, and that's where we are. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys. But you know what? We're awesome guys. And each of us are on this faith journey, and we're glad you're here with us. You may have found us on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, where we have all of our podcast archive. And we're also on Facebook. We have a website, which is at man spiritualoasis.com. So if you want to find us, you can go ahead and drop us a comment or a question, and we'll be more than happy to money it in the podcast. So we're glad you're here. And what we do is this is this is a, a man spiritual discussion. It's like we have a continuing deep discussion about school lessons that we take from scripture. This is the kind of discussion that you can't have anywhere in this political climate. And that's what's so great about this. And we always put the updated man spin on it. And also, we're unlike any other program that you're going to hear out there, that they're going to go, here, we've got a teaser for you, and we'll tell you if you'll listen all the way to the end. No. This is this is programmed for men. We understand that men are busy. You have children to take care of. You have job obligations. You have a spouse. You have stuff that you have to do or want to do. So what we do is we front load this a little bit. We go ahead and we have a panel of great guys. We introduce them. We also introduce the scripture that we're going over, and we give an overview ahead of time. We understand that not each of these lessons will speak to you, but some of them are really going to speak to you and are going to hit you square in the chops, and you're going to want to listen to it all the way to the end because what we do after we read the scripture is we peel it like all the layers, like an onion. So, <clears throat> my name is Bill Cox. I am the host. I am basically a, I'm a salesman, work as a contractor, but I've been a writer and actor and, and that kind of thing. And I'm the director of uh, Man Up. And uh, we, we have a great bunch of guys, and I introduce them not only by what they are, but also what they do. So that so you might identify with one of us more than the others. And we have also, we have here tonight, we call him the professor because he's a corporate trainer at a Fortune 100 company, but he's also kind of like the class theologian. Uh, 
That's Robert Koshu, and he's here. Uh, we also have a prosecutor. He's an attorney, so he could defend you, or he could throw the book at you. We call him the judge. Michael Cropper is here. And we have a professional policy writer, but he's also a bit of a professional gambler. Mr. Steve Titch is here. And uh, another member of our group that isn't here, Mr. Kyle Trahan. I think this is like his second week in a row. No participation trophy for you. Third week in a row? Oh, yes. He Where is, are you, Kyle? He is going to need a uh, note from his wife uh, to, to come said back. That last in, week. You know, well, he'll need two uh, <laughs> <laughs> this time around. So, um, <clears throat> we this particular lesson, we're in Colossians. We're finishing up. We use a text. This is uh, from Baptist Way Press. Outstanding material that they create. Connect 360, the fullness of Christ. This one is uh, dressing in style, uh, Colossians 3, 10 through 11. And it talks about the new life in Christ uh, develops our character uh, from inside and out. Uh, and uh, I just want to go ahead and get an overview from the fellas about this particular lesson. And uh, we'll start out with Mr. Steve Titch. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break in because I do want to talk about something first very briefly. Um, we posted on our Facebook page. And Twitter. I and Twitter. It was tweeted, but you can find it on... on uh, oh, that article? Yes. That on, was awesome. It's on uh, um, the, the Man Up, Man Up, Spirit, Man Up Spiritual Oasis. Dot com. Uh, dot com and the, uh, and, the, and the Facebook page. You'll find us Man Up. Uh, it, it was an article from the American Conservative magazine. Now, that does not necessarily mean we're a political line, but it's an it's a article called... Celebrating the Millennial Dad's New Masculinity. And it really, the reason we posted it is, is because it, first of all, it's aimed at young men, uh, millennials, and really has a lot of good things to say that the majority of millennial men are taking responsibility in new ways, taking care of the kids, you'll find them spending more time with the family, that the, that the paradigm has adjusted quite a bit. Uh, we urge you to take a look at it, uh, and it's, it's uh, it, because it speaks to a lot where we come from. Now, I'm going to turn it over to, to Robert, because hey. we this week we also saw, this Sunday we saw the, the Super Bowl. Hey, before he goes into that, I, I read that article, and that was awesome, that because you, you gave me a heads up, and, you know, just a couple of comments on that. You know, men take a beating, you know, now nowadays. And this is absolutely correct in what it talks about, how how many of uh, younger guys, <clears throat> I mean, younger than me, well, and all of you guys, uh, you know, are raising <laughs> children and are taking their time, I mean, giving of their time and sh- sharing more of the duties. And I think that's a continuation because my dad mentioned that to me that I did that more than he had the opportunity okay, more to. More duties? What kind of duties? Uh, household chores. Okay. Well, it's more than household chores. Yes. And, so being directly okay. committed in, the, in your it, family. Family, right. Um, so, I mean, it's okay. easy to say it's not just doing the dishes, it's being there for your kids. Right. Um, changing diapers, changing doing whatever. Diapers. I mean, you know, helping the wife. 
And, and that doesn't make you any less a man. Well, no. Yes. And, that's the whole yes. point. Is that yes. Right. Actually, it makes you more of a man. Well, mm-hmm. and, and part of the, though, yes. my, dad, my dad pointed out a couple of things. There was five kids in my family. I only have two. And he, he told me, he goes, I worked third shift plus we farmed. Plus he goes, I, I remember when you were born... And then I don't really remember much until you were junior high, and that is when he quit the third shift factory job, and he just he became a salesman. And he just farmed full time, so he was around a lot more. So he really felt remorse in the fact that he missed out. Yeah. You know, uh, whereas me, yes. I, I I I got to. I mean, I I, I spanked my kids, but I changed their diapers too. You know, big big before my uncles, it was not unusual to have a second job in farm. Right. I had two uncles Mm -hmm. in farm. They did the same thing. They had full time jobs elsewhere. Right. 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 There is is a line in here about millennial dads. I'll just give you the the the, the nut graph here, Uh, and because a lot is talked about toxic masculinity and incels. And that's the way millennials are portrayed as misogynistic, women-hating SOBs. Uh, you know, living most likely living in their parents' basement or in their living room. Here he writes, and, and I'll give you the author in a minute. Millennial dads are the anti-incels. They respect women them and themselves by taking on responsibility, foregoing the usual displays of machismo, and always working. They live in the real world and take modern culture seriously. By contrast, incels hold everyone, everyone in low esteem, take little responsibility, complain about women and feminism, and live largely online. So right. this is um, this was I by, the article was excellent. I, I would advise it's like I said it's on our webpage. I'm going up to the button. It is written by August Merat, and it was featured in the American Conservative. It, it was published January 30th, 2020. Yeah. Um, I wholly endorse it. I mean, it's it's not a long article, mm-hmm. and when you mentioned it, I just kind mm-hmm. of blew through it a little bit, and then I mm-hmm. then I sat down and actually read it. Mm-hmm. It was outstanding. Yep. It's very mm-hmm. good. And uh, so. And we, we cut off Robert. I'm totally good because because it, it it's about I'm gonna make one comment about that and then I'll go into my whole spiel and it actually segued really nicely there. I yes. like that. Right. Um, it, it's about being a dad, not about babysitting your kids. Because how many times have guys been told or their wives are told by their friends, Oh, your husband's watching the kids? <laughs> With that yeah, like oh, oh, like something's gonna go wrong yeah, now. Well, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> right. You know, and no, it's called being a dad. You don't watch your kids; they're your kids. <laughs> I watch my niece's kids periodically. Mm-hmm. Right. You uh, know, right. Yeah. they're not mine. My kids are my kids. But and you I'm, raise your kids. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I agree and so, with and it goes in because Steve, Steve talked about toxic masculinity, and it goes to so this past and and. I, okay, I'm, I'm going to say this one time. Do I have an appreciation for the female form? Yes, mm-hmm. I do. But I watched the Super Bowl like a lot of Americans. I had a, I, I had a, I had a, <laughs> I had a semi-rooting interest in it. In this fact that um, my money went to Texas Tech University, I did not. My son did, so my money went there. <laughs> sure. And Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback for the Kansas City Chief, is a Texas Tech Red Raider. 
So guns up. He won the Super Bowl for his school. So I had a little bit of a rooting interest, you know, more than just wanting to watch it. Sure. And then, of course, there was the halftime show. So the first thing you have to know is there was roughly 100 million viewers, um, average of 99.9 million, total peaked out at 102 million, with a 41.6 share. So basically 41.6, almost half the TVs TVs in this country Mm -hmm. were turned to the Super Bowl, whether you were watching it, not watching it, whatever. Right. And if you ever wonder why men are confused, men are told at work, don't look at that woman, don't touch that woman, don't talk to that woman. Oh my God, you said that. And yet, during the Super Bowl show, I watched basically a stripper routine. Two strippers routines. Oh, yeah, yeah, no question. Yeah, you you know, and, and this is why men are confused. And also to throw in, I mean, in other words, look at me, look at me. So, yeah. so the NFL puts this on. But notice, and there was an ad about it, the NFL is also promoting the who the, 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 the assistant offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers is a female, it's a woman. Yeah. Is a woman. Right. And yeah, that's great. That's great. But what, but you know, this is something we're not supposed to objectify. This is serious. And, you know, we're, we're supposed to, you know, regard, and, you know, we're supposed to, you know, we're, because she's around these jocks, and, and these jocks are, you know, accepting her as one of theirs, and, yeah. they're, and, and they're presenting, they're presenting a, a yeah. good, actually, a good workplace model. And then we see the halftime. Half uh, but here's the, here's <laughs> so the, what's it all about? <laughs> vocally, I mean, if you close your eyes and listen mm-hmm. vocally, it was a nice show. Mm-hmm. It's all the other stuff that went mm-hmm. with it. And this is why guys, this is why guys, it, it is created. So I do a lot of neuroscience work in my work. It's just, it's, it creates a cognitive dissonance in our brains because our brains are hearing, don't do, don't do, don't do. Mm-hmm. And then I look and half a million people and a hundred million people and half the households in the nation are turned on to something that is just out there. You know, it was for all intents and purposes a script show with a stripper pole in the middle of it. <laughs> right, but here's the, here's the thing. We're all older men, mm-hmm. okay? So it was definitely geared for us. My son is 21, and I ask him, I go, so, hey, dude, what do you think about that uh, halftime show? He goes, oh, you mean a couple of moms acting like strippers? <laughs> acting like strippers. <laughs> and he's absolutely right. J-Lo is what? 50, 50, and, huh? and, 50 and Shakira is in her 40s. 48. Or 48. 48. Yeah, exactly. He goes, and and he hit it right on the head. A couple of moms, you know. You know, you've put a good point. If you hadn't had the sound on, they're both phenomenal singers. Yes. They're both oh, phenomenal yes. dancers. Very talented. You go back two years ago to, the, to Lady Gaga show. Which I thought was an excellent, which was an way. excellent show, and I, because I think, and I'm not a Lady Gaga fan. Yeah, but but, but you know, <laughs> but it's interesting because she, she she doesn't go in for that. No, no, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and and, and she draws the line. She says, "Look, I, this is my talent," and so you wonder, you and 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 why, and and I'm so. What you say? Is it basic insecurity? Is it being fifty? Or are they trying to model? Hey, when you're fifty, you can still do this sort of thing, right? Yeah, I think they yeah. don't want to grow old. Well, nobody oh, does. <laughs> oh, no, take that right, Bill. Don't whine over I get there, that. Bill. The, 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 nobody wants to grow old, but we're not going to go to the point, Bill, you're not going to have your hair implanted 
with thousands of hair like I did. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're not going to go to that point. You're not going to have all the fat liposucked out of you and the cut off your thighs and everything else so you'll look like you're 16 years old. No. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's the difference. It's okay to not want to be old. And it's okay to do hair color. <laughs> hair color. But, but, it, but there's got to be a point at some time... At, in your age, you say, I really am 50 years old. I'm not 22. I've said this many times right. before in this group. The three stages of life as I see them. Learn, live, and legacy. There comes a certain point when you have to give up your childish ways. That's the learn part. And then you actually live. You make your life. You grow your life. And then when you get old, it's your turn to live that legacy and to grow up and mentor the other people that are below but, you. But Plain that, and simple. That's the idolatry of youth in this culture. Yep. Yeah. That, that yeah, you're not true. worth anything. Yep. If that you're young. If you're young. Really, yeah. Or really, you don't put it on. Really, there really are plenty brings to that. that. Yeah, there are plenty right of men that. That, that do the same yes. thing. Facelifts and everything, mm-hmm. so it's not just. I wouldn't point that exactly. Well, right. not, not just women. We saw, but but it it, it it is. It's an idolatry of youth, and and it's and it's a yes, yeah. It's a disrespect and a lack of any sense of morality or any sense of it's what was the word nihilism. <laughs> it's nihilism. A, it's nihilism yeah. where we went when we went through the Ten Commandments. Yeah. You know, that we have basically gone to a nihilistic culture that's totally in it for whatever you want and whatever you have, and nothing else matters as you go through and look at it. And that's part of the struggle that, you know, I think I, I start out with this is why men are confused. This is why men are confused. Because they're told two things all the time. And it's hard for a man who doesn't have a faith factor in his life to sit and figure out which one am I supposed to be listening to. And that's really why we want to encourage men to get a faith factor in your life. Go to church. Join a men's group. Be a part of all of that. Accept Christ. Follow Christ. Do the things we talk about in this podcast so that you can actually move on and understand how you're supposed to react to these things. And pick up these little nuggets of gold, little <laughs> bit of bits of wisdom from each other and be willing to share. Yeah. Because you won't get these nuggets anywhere else. Because people do not want to intrude in each other's lives. You know, you see them. How, how, how's it going? Great. I don't know how many times I've heard that from people that, and I know their lives aren't great, okay? But you get in a group, get around people like this that are real on a regular basis. You will get the real deal. You'll be given those little nuggets of gold that will help you. That is awesome. Thanks for bringing up that article and uh, the uh, halftime you know, halftime I, show. <laughs> while we're on that, practically speaking, I think we mentioned this and talked about this before. If you ask me how I'm doing and I'm I'm ill, you don't really want to hear that. That's another, another right. thing we are. That's, that's true. Back, and you know that because you've been a, a very positive person all your life, as long as I've known you, eight years or nine years, whatever it is. So there is a way in which you have to, to frame and word that because people are, don't want to hear you say, you know what, I'm going to the hospital tomorrow. 
you, what you can say is, I'm great. I'm, I trust in God. I don't feel great, but I, I believe I'm great. My heart is great. Everything, what you said, right. serving Christ and trusting in Christ. So right. sometimes you don't always want to say exactly what you feel because our feelings don't necessarily reflect our heart and our mind or, or whatever. Anyway, no, enough interruption there. Uh, objection sustained. <laughs> uh, uh, Michael, uh, Judge, you want to give your basic overview of uh, Lutzen 10? He, he yeah. will have the overview today. He will have the overview. <laughs> yeah, none, of us, none of us else talked about it. Uh, yeah, folks, uh, we, we talked about the, we've been talking on the Colossians, and it's a letter on the doctrine. The first half of it is about the doctrine of Christ and Christians, what they believe in God and his strengths and his power and his holiness in Jesus himself. Uh, lesson eight, we started getting into practicality. <laughs> We started getting into do not let you, you believe certain things in the Colossian church. You believe in Christ. You know his doctrine. You know what that he rose from the dead for your lives. Do not let other people tell you what needs to be added on. Don't let them tell you what to eat or drink. Don't let them tell you how to serve Christ because you already know the answer to that. That was lesson eight. And we're, we're, in other words, we're getting into practical serving the Lord. In lesson nine, we get into... Uh, uh, Watch your carnal nature. Do not think about lust. Do not think about sex. Watch your anger. And, of course, we've talked about this many times. Driving in Houston will create your anger. We'll get right. your anger, right, guys? I don't know so, what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Get out of my and, way. And Paul says, put to death those thoughts. Put, put them to death. And my, my interpretation, of course, stop thinking the thoughts that will make you angry. Stop thinking on the things that will cause you uh, a rage and, and slander and everything else because what your mind focuses on your body will eventually follow right and then and uh, finally today we're going to be talking about putting on the new self you haven't read the scripture yet so it's 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 really good all of these follow as a series uh, today he's, we're going to talk about the virtues you should put on and set your mind and your body to doing Okay, I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture, and then we'll, go, we'll, we'll take our hard break and come back and uh, peel it back like an onion. So uh, this is Colossians 3, number 10 through 17. <clears throat> Actually, Mike, did you go, say go I need to go back nine. to the... Because it, right, starts in the, middle of the it starts in the middle of the sentence. Mm-hmm. So Colossians yes, 3, 9 yes, uh, through 17. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and then put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, You were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom 
and as you sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our heartbreak real quick. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 139. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, but this is the No Church Answer Tour. And this is where we go through the scripture, and this is where we put the man spin on it. And we've just read Colossians 3, actually 9 through 17, talking about uh, the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of the Creator. Just like Clothes. I'm from. I'm actually from Michigan, and the introduction to this lesson talked about as the weather changes, your wardrobe shifts. That is so true. We don't have, really have that kind of well, climate today, necessarily let's say here. Today, I think you had to wear well, two sets of clothes. Dude, so it was, <laughs> what eighty this morning? And then, well, and it was thirty now. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we we make fun of Houston weather, and everybody needs to understand. I, when I got out of my truck, when I pulled into the church parking lot. It was 45 degrees. It was 80 yesterday. This is why we complain about, quote-unquote, winter. We get it's not that cold. It's just the dramatic shift. Oh, yeah, 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 the 50-degree difference. But, see, I'm from Michigan where where the weather, the seasons were distinct. And it actually made a perfect sense because I had winter clothes, spring, Spring and summer, fall, and and, and it was just like it, it was in a line, essentially. You know the the level of you know the coats, what you're going to wear and work out, and and it makes perfect sense. And a lot of this clothing yourself, you accept Christ and you get on this faith journey. You want to be different. I mean, that's the vast majority of people. I, like I've said before, I didn't have that eureka moment. But I believed. I believed that it made this faith journey, made my, particularly my grandfather and, and my dad were both big influences, but really my grandfather, because I spent a lot of time in my formative years working with him. And it made his life better. We still did crappy stuff. I mean, we worked on the farm and all of our stuff was broke and it's, everything smelled and it was, just, it was just a drag a lot of times. Except for the fact he was a man of faith and he knew, he made the best of it and he knew tomorrow was going to be a better day. And it just made sense to me. Attitude, right? Attitude, absolutely. It's, it's everything it can make the difference, make or break you in the difference and how a day goes at work for you, depending on what you're doing. 
I, I think what you're saying, Bill, is, is is Paul, by the time we get to this particular set of scriptures, is he's saying be proactive. In the first right. set, he's saying they're going to come at you and they're going to swing at you and they're going to tell you what to eat and drink and add all these things. Be circumcised to be a Christian. That was back in Lesson 8. In this, he's saying don't wait for people to attack you. Don't wait for things, thoughts, bad thoughts to attack you. Put on these virtues. Start thinking about these all the time. Uh, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Uh, and, and love with all your heart. Be thankful and be and, and put on peace. Uh, and, and we want to, again, emphasize what you said earlier. We do not believe these things show that you are not a man. We believe in meekness. And here, and this is a case, meekness is not wimpish or whatever. It, it, it's, it's knowing the power that's within you and being reserved. Right? Y'all agree with that? You well, it's, it's knowing the power, but it's also, like I said, it's having the capability to make the decisions and understand why things work. We talked about why men are confused yeah. when we started this. But it's knowing when you can adopt the fullness of Christ in what you're doing in your life, then you can actually come out and figure out that, hey, this is wrong. This is right. There are limits. There are lines that you can't be within and the only way you can sort it out is because of that this actually when you read the last verse bill i actually thought and it actually took me full circle back to if you remember when we first started 139 episodes ago (laughs) we were finishing up life at work by john maxwell yeah Ah, i remember that where we talked about everything you do in your job in your career how do you take your faith and apply it at your job? And I, I, we have studied David. I didn't realize we studied David in the middle of this. I forgot all about that. Um, but and this is just a, in the middle of God is important to skill. And we talked a little bit about skill and how that works. And 1 Samuel 17, 45 to 47, and it's David and Goliath. And David looks at Goliath and says, hey, guess what? You come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defeated, defiled. This day the Lord will hand me over to you, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give your carcass of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands." And that's really, when it talks about there at the end, it's talking about doing all things in the name of Christ. That's really what it's talking about. It's God is going to give us that capability to do things to our best ability, providing we're acknowledging him as we're going forth. Mm-hmm. And that really goes back to this, how do we live? And how do we do things? We talked a lot about last week about cultivating fruit and this goes back to Galatians 5.22 the fruit of the spirit and I think there's a similar yeah there is there's a similar list in this section of doing that versus the weeds of the world which that Steve's phrase I'll give you that was awesome weeds of the spirit (laughs) the weeds of the world versus the fruit of the spirit right you know and weeds just pop and they happen and things do it and I'm praying to God that partial clover that I've got growing dies in this freeze (laughs) that we have but 
you don't have to push those. They just grow. You have to work at making the hard stuff work. And that has men, part of it is, you know, we're, we're used to having to work. You know, if we're into sports, we're used to having to practice. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a little fortunate. I have a little bit of insight into how college and professional football works. My younger son is a equipment manager, has been for a couple of years with the college team. He's with the pro team now. And there, it's the XFL Spring League. They're in the middle of camp, or they were in the middle of camp. He was literally leaving the house at 6.30 a.m. and getting home at 11 p.m. Why? Because he had to work around the practice schedule. And they were practicing all day, weights at night, you know, all of that. As men, we're used to, I go to conferences to build my skill level. I read other books. Bill, I know you read. Mike, I know you. I know what your CEO loads like because you're an attorney. <laughs> You know, to keep up with everything. Steve reads and, and researches writes. and writes as part of his <laughs> writing career, though. But we all, and men are used to, if I'm going to improve my work life, then I have to work at it and do things there to do things. But yet we want to ignore our spiritual life. And you brought up earlier, men are getting better about not ignoring their family life. <laughs> you know, for years, men were expected to get up, go to work, come home. You can sit in your in your lounger and get your martini and you have your martini or your beer or whatever. Get early ready. Sit and you know, and then well, get that up was and go the good life. <laughs> that, was, that was the good but, life. But even you thought. said you just did. We catch you. You said your father, in the end, re- he regretted, regretted, regretted the the time he missed with family. Absolutely, he absolutely did, mm-hmm. and he really feels that he really felt because he's now he's passed that he really did miss out uh, on raising us children. And unfortunately, I'm the middle child, and so if he felt that way about me, my sister, my oldest sister, was pretty close to graduating high school. And so if he felt that way about me, he, he probably really felt bad about basically missing her whole life. Uh, whereas me and my younger sisters, got he, he, he got, 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 more, got more of yeah. him. But, it's, but it, you know, we, we're expected to work at our, we're expected yeah. to work at, for our work skill or athletic skill or any of that. We're, we're become, it's becoming more acceptable, we'll say to work at your family life. You know, nobody bats an eye when you say, I'm going to take my wife on a date once a month or once a week, or that's almost mm-hmm. become expected now. now nowadays, right. Yeah. Whereas before, we, before, people would make fun of you. I, I remember yeah. when, when I'd take time off, you know, and do that, and people go, what? Why? <laughs> you know, but... You know, but how much more so are we really called... To start working on our spiritual life and our faith life, and coming back to that. What what I like about this this passage, I think, um, well, two things. First of all, I think starting at verse eleven and going through verse seventeen, that that should be somewhere on a plaque or a tablet in every church, because these these ideas are often the quickest forgotten uh, and, and I, but I'll say I, I can oh, I can pretty much guarantee when the Colossian church 
first formed, and maybe they had that first meeting at someone's home, at Epiphas or, or, or as friends. <coughs> Every person who walked in, said hello, immediately looked around the room and said, okay, he's a merchant. He's a blacksmith. Oh. He's a Scythian. Oh boy, I'm going to start those are over here. warriors, man. I don't want to have their They still do that. Yes, yes, it is almost human nature to do that. Churches do that. They, they, you know, we're, 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 you know, Baptists over here. We should Presbyterians over here. And he's, and, and, and right from the start, leave those, leave those labels behind. Leave those identities behind. Um, and he, and he makes this, the second thing, this eloquent discussion of, of, of clothe yourself. Now, even today, I was thinking, you know, in court, Mike, you know who everyone is by the way they dress. You know the judge has sure. the robes. Sure. You know the bailiff has the uniform. The, the, sure. the, the attorneys are nicely dressed. Um, I'm sure it was just the case back in, in ancient Rome. You pretty much everybody had probably one... <coughs> Or two sets of clothes, uh, except you, unless you were very wealthy, and they knew, they knew you by how you dressed, and you were known how you dressed. And he's and and so Paul takes this metaphorical aspect uh, and says, "This is how you should be known by clothing yourself in kindness, compassion, humility, gentleness. These should be your outward trappings to reflect your inner inner spiritual." State. That, that's why when you go into boot camp, <laughs> when you're in the military, you're absolutely correct. When you're on the bus riding to the base for the first time, I mean, I had my letter jacket on because that was the only jacket I basically had, you know, and you knew who was from, who was wealthy, who was a good athlete, who, who was basically going to boot camp because they didn't want to go to jail. You know, you could basically tell. When they got us there, they shaved our heads. They gave us clothes. We all looked alike. For the first week, our pants weren't hemmed, and we didn't have belts because they wanted us all to be broken down to the same trainable level. And you couldn't tell who was what. But even later on, though, in boot camp, because mine was 13 weeks, you could tell who had been grown up with different types of manners. Their boots were shined willingly. Their pants were pressed compared to the other guys. Even though we were all dressed in blue, we were all dressed in the same clothes and we had the same Navy issue. But even then, later on, you could tell the breeding came through. And I think that's part of this lesson. Let it come through how you're inspired through Christ. Let it come through you. Well, you're always going to be able to see those distinctions like you just pointed out to us, right? You can tell which persons and how they were brought up and, and uh, the distinctions that were in the home life that they were brought up in when they were all in Navy outfits by looking at the Navy outfits. We can see that today. But we're not supposed to, right? When we look at the individuals with us, I'm supposed to see Steve, a brother Christian, and you, right. and right. Robert. We're supposed to see that first. 
If something comes out later where you're talking about your jobs and work and stuff like that, that's fine. But you're not supposed to look and categorize people when you're in church right. and out in the world either. You're supposed to treat them like they are creations of God and, and, and honor them and respect them like that. Right. But it, but it's interesting because toward the end, I mean, toward the end of this, he answers the question that hangs in the air. Well, yeah. you know, that doesn't. <laughs> I'm still not going to get along with this guy. <laughs> or he's still going right. to bother me. <laughs> but, you know, he's going to have a weird. He's going to eat weird right. stuff, or he's not going to want to drink out. You know, he's not going to want to drink wine. Um, and so, so then Paul goes into this whole. Notion. I mean, and it's part of his definition of love, which he, he goes into yeah. elsewhere in Corinthians, of course, the, the long, uh, you know, the wedding, the wedding passage that everybody yes. calls it, though it's not sure. really about romantic love. Uh, we'll leave that there. But he, he, he does this in several places, and this is one of the places he comes up. He talks about bearing with one another, forgiving one another, and just... <laughs> and sometimes love comes down to putting up with the other person. And putting your right. putting your irritation aside, and just seeing that person as a child of God, and which I I think we've talked about is incredibly hard to do. I'm not, it's, it's not, and that's why kind of churches can be tumultuous places. That's why they get clicky. That's sometimes why they fall apart because that that tendency toward either prejudice or dislike or an unwillingness. Or even a fear to cross a barrier, um, be it cultural, racial, ethnic, um, gets the better of that group or those groups of people. And and Paul is hitting it right here, 2,000 years ago. He's saying, if we're going to have the kingdom, you've got to get past all that. It's, It's brilliant. It's beautiful. Yeah. Keep going. Bill, Steve is preaching a good message. <laughs> right. 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 Well, no, you really are. You're hitting it right it, 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 It's doing that, but it's also wrapping yourself, I think, in, in these characteristics he talks about. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You know, And then it says, bear with each other. And forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Well, it sounds like turn the other cheek, doesn't it, Rob? Yeah, it does. It does. Well, and, and that's hard. And and I actually like my one of my favorite things our pastor, Pastor Taylor, does. When someone joins the church, I guarantee everybody <laughs> in this room can say it. This is not a perfect church. You know, he mm-hmm. starts with that. And to where people know... Are we Christians? Yes, we are. Are we all saved by the grace of God? Absolutely. If you have not done that, go talk to your pastor, call us, email us. We'll be happy to explain that to you. But we're not perfect. You know, we still get stubborn. We still get stupid. We still get all the other things. We're just forgiven. You know, and striving towards that forgiveness with this as we keep looking for that and doing everything in the name of Jesus and I think that's something we tend to forget because we tend to forget the in the name of it used to be in the name of you know like I was always told I grew up small town Galena Park east side of Houston it was rural but without being rural because everybody worked in the refineries but we still had a bunch of horse lots out on the west side on the east side of town where where everybody kept their horse and 
it was very much the, the number one thing I was always told was don't do anything to destroy our family in this town. You know, do not do anything that will bring shame to our family. You know, I could get caught speeding and and run a stop sign and stuff like that, but if I'd done anything breaking and entering or anything intentionally damaging property, you know, my, my dad told me if I was ever arrested that I should get very comfortable because I was going to be allowed to spend the night <laughs> before he would come get me. But it was, don't do anything to destroy our family's name. And that's a concept I think we've lost in society. Because when you're doing things and you're putting yourself out there as a Christian, you have to think, how am I acting towards my coworkers? How, what, what's the work product I'm putting out if I'm a, you know, well, you know, I have to leave early on Wednesdays because it's podcast mm-hmm. night, but I turn in a bunch of crappy work at work. Where's the balance there? You know, if anything, we're called to be even better at our jobs than we are anywhere else. You know, because we are being a witness to Christ for what people see, how we treat our families, how we treat our children, how we treat our wives. Valentine's Day is coming, guys. (laughs) Well, I think the thing about this, uh, this faith journey that we each individually are on, not only us here in this room, but those of you out there that are listening, is it's about discipline. And honestly, I, I, I enjoy, I mean, being ex-military, played a lot of sports, discipline does not bug me. It actually gives me conviction for the things that I am passionate about. That, that conviction that I know that this is absolutely right that it gives me more determination. So I don't I don't think of discipline as necessarily a bad thing like a lot of like a lot of people do. And for example, this podcast. This I mean this is we're in our third year. Uh gosh, coming up on our fourth year uh pretty Still quick. And uh it's a discipline, but it's helped me. And I, I see the difference in my life and the way I live because of it. And so it's a good thing. This this discipline that I've had is a good thing. And, and I think so much of people, they, they look at the, the restrictions that they feel that the Christian life puts on them. It's not being put on you. You have the opportunity to live a disciplined life. It's whether you want to accept it or not. If you want to live that. For me, it works. And with that, we're going to go ahead and go around the room one final time as we're getting down to the end. This is Podcast 139. And uh, we're glad that uh, you've joined us. Uh, We're finishing up the study on Colossians. And uh, get a basic uh, summary. Start with the the judge. All right, folks. um can you be a man and do these virtues? These virtues sound kind of feminine, but this is what the whole podcast is about. To tell you, yes, you can. As a man, you can be compassionate. You can show kindness. You can show humility. You can show gentleness. You can show patience. 
the many other things. You can worship God with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You can uh, you can put away the labels of circumcised and uncircumcised plumbers, lawyers. <laughs> lawyers, right? <laughs> you know, maybe not them. <laughs> maybe not too not too easily, especially if you've been uh, you've had confrontations with them. But anyway. Um, there's so many labels. We could come up with hundreds of labels. The point is, hopefully, when you serve the Lord, you want to be seen as a Christian, Christian first. Then the other labels will fall in place that have to do with jobs and your particular work envir- environment. Want to emphasize one thing? I think Robert mentioned this, and also Steve's mentioned First Corinthians thirteen one. Paul was a, a, a just a great, great spiritual leader and a, a, dy- a dynamic teacher. And he says, no matter how great I am, he says, he says, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. So no matter what I say, if I don't do it with love, I am nothing. Everything I can be and everything you think I might be or will be this great orator, he says, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I have nothing. And the same thing with these, the guys were saying, uh, though you worship God and you do all these special things, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, don't forget love. Excellent. Professor Koshu, your takeaways. Yeah. Really do everything you do for Christ. Um, this lesson Roy did, it was kind of interesting. It really took me all the way back to life at work. It made me think about um, that in particular, that everything we do, no matter what it is, we do it for Christ and to represent Him. And if, guys, we talked a lot about how Dad should be acting. Great article by Steve. Um, if you're confused, you know, because... You are because you're getting all kinds of messages from the world that you don't know which to listen to. Go get your faith life in order and start looking for a way to look at it. And I've got a quick tease for next week. Next week we're going to talk about one of the most controversial verses in the entire New Testament. (laughs) That is correct. Uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Really encapsulated here is kind of what, what being a Christian is all about. Especially if you're if you're young and you're you're still exploring, or if you're even coming back to it, it's really important. There's nothing about judgmentalism in here. There's nothing about you know rules and regulations. He's basically saying what what we will review here. Being a Christian means making love first and foremost, love of God and love of neighbor. And the recipe for that, how do you do it? How do you do it? Well, according to Paul, the Christian way to do it is through compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. There. It's there. There's, you know, you don't, if, if you think of those characteristics first and go through life, like adjust your life around that, not to say you're going to get married and you still got to, you're not going to get um, uh, mad or angry about things. You still got to drive through Houston traffic or the traffic in your town, um, which is no better or worse. 
but thinking of I'm exercising worse. on those, like 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 Bill says, um, these are disciplines. Um, you'll be happier, even even if you stop short of a full commitment to 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 Christianity. If you start living by this, I guarantee it, you will be a happier person. People will like to be around you, and. Uh, so there we are, and 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 that's really what this is all about. Um, I'm going to boil it down to that. Uh, Christianity is very much encapsulated in these uh, in these handful of verses. Uh, you know, there's there's no real labels here, and the the way to get there are through these virtues. <clears throat> And I want to understand, I know I'm kind of a simpleton, uh, but I guess that's uh, from uh, gr- growing up on a, growing up on a pig farm. And uh, I, I knew plenty of people that were absolute jerks. And uh, maybe it's just because I was around a lot of people that wanted to be something that they weren't, you know. And so they were jerks. And my dad would never call them out, but when we'd be riding away from them, he'd go. There's one principle that person needs to learn. I go, what's that? He goes, porcupines are lonely. (laughs) Think about that. Live your life with love and compassion. You'll get along with your community. Your life will be better. If you're going to be a jerk, you're going to be lonely. Just like the porcupine. It's beautiful vision for Christian. Even love the other driver. Right. Even the even the other driver. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. Thank you so much for joining us. This is podcast number 139. Hopefully you found us on iHeartRadio. We are on iTunes. We're also all of our podcasts are on SoundCloud. We're at Man Dash Up on Facebook. We also have a uh, website called man-upspiritualoasis.com feel free to drop us a line or if you're in the Sugarland area drop by the Sugarland Baptist Church we would love to have you here and we want to make sure that we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible based church why local? so you'll go go participate find a small group kind of like what we have here and find one with men where you can share like we do here and grow your faith and if there isn't one start one this is men up you've been listening to man up you want Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through into this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.